ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terramaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. Aaron, how are you, sir? Pretty good. Just living the dream at the moment. Well, that's awesome. COVID keeping you at work or away from work? Uh, well, it took me away from one work and then put me back in another field of work. So, what, 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 What's the new field? I just went back to to being a mechanic instead of running the restaurant at the moment. So, you working at the uh, the shop with your dad and your brother? Yeah. So me, and my dad, and then one of our other employees, Tim, all work there at the moment, and just turning wrenches, making a living at the moment. Well, that's better than better than not working. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Well, Aaron, it's a pleasure to have you on ATV Talk, and I appreciate you giving us some time. and And thank you very much. I know you. I know life is busy, and you had a little mishap this evening to uh, to make it a little uh, slower for us to get together. But uh, you're home, and you're safe, and that's good. Yeah, it is, and I'm I'm honored to be on here and share the story. Well, it, hey, dude, it's all about you. So, um, you've been racing for how long? Uh, we started racing the quads. I would say about five, going on five years this year, actually. I raced all the way from the time I was like five to about 15, and then we kind of took a little 10-year break there and started to start racing again. Nice, nice. You're liking the ATV pretty much? I do a lot, actually. I used to make fun of the quad guys when I was younger and then jumped on one and found out it takes twice as much to ride a quad as it does a bike any day. <laughs> Most of the bike guys will argue with you, but I. I oh yeah. <laughs> so, so let's go back in time and talk a little bit about your beginnings, and you can uh, fill in some of the blanks for everybody. Sounds good. Back, go all the way back to when you started. So when I was about five, I started out on a little 1993 Honda Z50 and raced that till I jumped on a 1980, was it Montessay? It was like an 88 or 89 CR65 and then mainly focused on desert racing, had never really done any closed course racing at all. And then even on to my years of racing the, the CR80s and the CR250s, we just kind of stuck with the local organization out of Arizona called Whiplash, um, did a bunch of desert racing, and then did a, a national, I don't think it was a, considered a hare and hound, but it was a, a 
called the Rhino Rally out in St. George on a CR250. And that was like one of my big first long distance desert races that was really point to point at that point in time. And then, then we kind of took a little, well, life took a little bit of a U-turn there for a while. And then the racing went away and then kind of got some stuff figured out in life and decided there was more to life than what I was, the path I was going down. So then we decided to jump on some quads and make a run with it and kind of see what we could do in the, in the ATV world. Well, not everybody knows that you have quite the backstory uh, that you're lucky to be here. And, and, you know, there, there's a little bit of intervention in your life to, to get you here. And if you don't mind, I'd, I'd really think that there's some people out there that would really appreciate your story and how far you've come and the, the, the mountains that you've had to climb just to get to where you are. Yeah, definitely have a normal life. Right. Yeah. So from about the time I was, I would have to say 17, 18, I really got really big into the elytic and kind of more of the street drugs. Um, so right after I turned 18, I got sentenced to, to some prison time, went and did my prison time, got out of prison, went straight back to the lifestyle that I had previously before I went to prison and then was stuck in that little rut all the way until right until I was about 25. Um, and then the judge kind of scared me. Um, well, the judge and my attorney scared me because the judge asked the attorney and the prosecutor uh, why he should give me a second chance. And my attorney just kind of stood there and and didn't say nothing on my behalf. So I, it kind of was an eye opener for me. And then the county prosecutor actually stuck up for me and kind of told the judge what I was doing. And then at that point in time, it kind of helped me turn my life around and, and realize that maybe I am worth a little more than, than what I thought myself was knowing that the prosecutor was sticking up for me on my behalf and, and trying to help me overcome my little shortfallings and my, my detour in life that I chose to take at that point in time. Drug addiction is a serious, serious issue in this country and around the world. Um, if you had to elaborate on your road to recovery, um, it, it's tough. And, and I, I, I'm assuming, knowing that I've spent some time with you, that it still is an everyday battle. And it's something that you'll probably live with for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. It definitely doesn't just happen overnight and and they always have this saying in in the meetings and stuff like that one day at a time and and for some of us we have to take it a little more than just just one day at a time and we got to just try to make it minute to minute to to kind of surpass and overcome the addictions that we have and and in the beginning it was it was rough luckily I say luckily in other terms it would be kind of unfortunate but for me I spent most of the beginning part of my recovery incarcerated and then um so which helped out a lot because i had no access to the free world whatsoever and and just made it that much easier to to get clean before they re-released me back out in into civilization and back out to fending for myself at that point in time so i did about six or seven months worth of work furlough and in which was where i got released from the jail at about seven thirty in the morning. And then I'd had to check myself in by like five thirty in the evening. And, and that drove me crazy. Like there was at one point in time through, through my work furlough stuff that I was about ready to just give it up and, and take my prison time for a second time. 
And then my dad, of course, was the one that kind of helped talk me out of that and, and kind of be, be my big support at that point in time to, to keep me thinking straightforward rather than kind of taking the easy way out and spending quite a few more years in prison again. So your dad is from the time I've spent with you guys, your dad has become a, a, a big force in your life in racing and in the quad world. Uh, and also trying to help you guys, you and your brother stay on the straight and narrow. Oh yeah. hundred percent. He, he kind of comes, well, he comes from the same background we do. And, and that was another kind of big eye opener for me was, was seeing my dad come through it as well. And then of course he's, he's like our backer for the quad world or the, the quad racing. And, and it's been one of the biggest helps kind of battling my, my past with my addiction and stuff like that. Cause it kind of gives me something I can fill or funnel some more energy towards other than thinking about where I can get high or how I could get high. So it's been a, a big, huge support group with him. And, and of course our stepmother, Rosalind as well. Yeah. I was going to mention her, but I hadn't, hadn't got that far. Thank you for, thank you for going there. Um, yeah, definitely. So do you still go to meetings? Do you have an outreach program or anything like that, that you, uh, that you work with? No, after we'd kind of opened up the restaurant and stuff, it, so it took up a lot of my time in the evening. So we kind of stepped away from the meetings and, and the meetings were getting kind of rough there towards the end. Cause a lot of it was just guys coming in off the street that were just there to get a paper signed, which, which made the meeting world a little bit hard. Cause we want it in the meetings. It's, it's a lot more helpful if you got other people that are there and, and really want to keep their sobriety rather than just thinking like, they got to be there just to get their paper signed. So we, I kind of pulled away from the meetings on that side of it. You were that guy at one point. I was that guy at one point in time. Yes. So getting clean and getting into some racing, uh, you started out racing just in Arizona. Correct. And, and that was actually a really good starting point for us, especially after taking the, the long break of, of no racing whatsoever. Like, um, it kind of gave me a feel of what the quad world was going to be like. And then we kind of surpassed our, some of our, our beings in, in the local organization. And then that's when we really started focusing more towards the best in the, in the desert stuff. And, and we really focused there for quite a while. And then it was about two years ago, I would say is when we really started getting into the works style racing. And, and that was a whole different, like, ball game that I wasn't even ready for at that point in time. Well, the competition, when you went from AZOP, which was a, I mean, they traveled all over Arizona, but it was a regional series. You traveled yeah, definitely. To a national series. So the speeds instantly got higher. The riders yeah. got better. You know, the, your competition was much stiffer. Um, there's some pretty fast kids at works. Oh, there's a ton of fast kids at works. And I, and I look at some of them and I'm like, man, if I was only 10 years younger and spent about 10 year more years on the quad, I would have been maybe all right, but I don't know. Well, you know, you got to take what you get. You are a pretty accomplished oh, yeah. guy. You've won an AZOP championship. You're, you're, you're right now undefeated in best in the desert for working on your third straight title. And and I'm super pumped about that to be quite honest. I, um, I'm a little bummed out because right now the Vegas Torino is kind of hit or miss at the moment just due to BLM and all this COVID stuff. But 
but we're, we're super excited. And I'm hoping we still get a race in about another week and a half or two weeks from now. Yeah. That's a, that's a fun race. I really enjoyed it. Really. Yeah. You know, because you know, not everybody knows that I've got to spend some time with you guys and, and we've got to race together and it, it, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was definitely a blast. That was for sure. Oh yeah. What, um, what is your training regimen? If, you know, I don't know if you've changed much since uh, we haven't talked in almost, you know, nine months. Um, actually I'm probably one of the laziest, riders on that aspect I, I really don't do a whole lot of training and and a lot of that was due to my my work at the point at that point in time as well so i'm starting to try to get back into a, a good training regiment because most of the time i would ride maybe two days before the race but nine times out of ten i went and would ride my practice lap and that was my training before the race so <laughs> yeah we don't want that to get out too much you know no <laughs> yeah go as fast as you do sometimes and and to not put in the, the extra work that some of those other guys do, uh, that just, uh, deflates them right there on the starting line. Yeah. And sometimes I, I, I kick myself in the butt too, for, for not being as strict on a training regimen as I should be for my riding. Cause sometimes I get done with some of those works races and, and I'm dead tired by the end of it. And I'm like, man, I should have rode and trained a little bit harder before we came out here. But well, obviously you're not that tired or you'd be training. True, true, true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we go back a little bit in, in time, um, tell the story about your first uh, best in the desert race, the Vegas Torino. So in 2016 was our first venture with best in the desert. Uh, they did it was the long way. So it was a two day format. Um, we started the race and me, my brother, or my two brothers all decided we were going to Ironman it. And, um, so we took on the venture and then sometime in the first day I got the lead for the Ironman class and then just maintained my, my pace throughout the first day. And I might've been the second quad to finish on the first day, um, woke up the second day and when i woke up like they were already lining all the bikes and everybody up for the race and i was like oh man i think i'm in like the top 50 bikes that got to take off so kind of scrambled to get ready um started the second day about i would say five miles from the start had a little get off coming over some pretty big rollers um kind of shook it off a little bit and then continued back on the the venture for the last 200 and some odd miles that we had to do the second day. And then was the second overall quad to finish at the Vegas Torino that year. As an Ironman expert first, first As time Ironman expert. Yeah. That's and then cool. I was kind of hooked from there on out on the, on the whole best in the desert series. And then we kind of went full force from 2017 till now. Yeah. And uh, you've had some pretty good races. You got a you got a pretty good team going. You, your brother, and and Mike Sloan, and you had Josh. Yeah, we do. For a little while. Yeah. So last year we had it was me, Mike, and and Josh Rowe rode um, pretty much the whole season together. And then at Vegas Torino, my my brother had some hernia surgery done earlier in the year, and then um, jumped on board for Vegas Torino of last year. And 
And those are definitely a group of great guys to be, to be having as teammates to, to run those endurance races like that. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, they're uh, Josh and, and Mike both are accredited in their own right, you know, with the championships that they've been involved in and the, the racing that they've been doing. So, Oh yeah, that's for sure. You got some good guys there. Yeah. If you had to elaborate on your biggest rival, who would it be? Biggest rival. Um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of hard to say. Sometimes I, I really say it's my brother because he, he puts in a good, honest effort on, on his training. Um, and, and he's definitely faster than I am in a, in a lot of series, like especially the work stuff. He, he could probably outride me all day long out there. Um, the desert series, we got, uh, the, the Q7 of Scott Petros and, uh, Chris Avalos and Danny out there. And, and they're giving us a, a run for our money. And then we had Bo and Travis Damon at, at this last, at the silver state. And those dudes were right on our butt, like all day long. And, and we ended up being able to come out on top of, at the silver state, just by the hair of our, by the hair on our head, pretty much. So. So you're pretty much saying that the your greatest competitor is yourself. Yeah, that, that's going to be the biggest one is just overcoming my mental and my lack of training. A lot of times, is that do do you really realize that that it, that that not training is is hampering your abilities to perform better? Oh yeah, by all means, like I, I the talents there just the lack of putting forth the talent in, in the other aspects outside of racing, it, it definitely uh, puts a damper on, on the day-to-day racing. So I know that, I know that it's pretty hot there where you guys are um, right now. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's over a hundred most days. Yeah. I mean, um, well, training in the heat would almost be beneficial for a lot of places. Cause it would, it would help me overcome just the, the natural, effect of the body getting hot when you're out riding in some of the more cooler places and and whatnot well when you guys get to Glen helen in september it's gonna be blazing it's never cool oh yeah i mean i don't think i don't think i've ever been to Glen helen in a september that wasn't well over a hundred degrees and just humid muggy and the air's bad and it's just i'm, I'm not a fan obviously yeah, I'm not quite the biggest fan of Glen Helen myself. They have that big old like hundred foot step up, and and the whole jumping thing in my world is is it's really alien for me to be having the four wheels off the ground at any speed. So, well, not everybody likes to jump. I'm not a huge jumper either, and and you know Josh Rowe came from the, the desert and he had to teach himself how to, how to jump and, and how to deal with some of that stuff. So the, the, the time is there. And, and if you put in some effort, you'll be able to, and I've seen you jump. So you're not, you're not too out of touch. I mean, you can do it. Right. Yeah. It's just getting overcoming the nerves. Um, I think it was this last, or when we were at Glen Helen this year, there was a little double over there that I, kind of came into it a little bit too slow and it kind of bucked me over the handlebars. And then I was done for, for the rest of the weekend. Cause that happened on Saturday's race. And then in the pro-am race, I wasn't jumping nothing at that point in time. So. Psyched yourself out a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. 
Well, that's, that does happen too. You know, the, the racing is a mental game, no matter how you look at it, you can be the greatest physical condition in the world. And if your mind's not right, you're just not gonna, you're not going to be there. Oh yeah. That's a hundred percent true. So memories, when you go back and think about the racing that you've done, I know your career is short, um, but it's still going. Uh, mm-hmm. Biggest achievement or maybe not achievement, but the most memorable portion of racing or the race that you can, that stands out in your mind the most. I would have to say when, when I Ironman the, the Vegas Torino back in 2016, um, it was like, it was a big eye opener to, to where I had come just within my racing on a quad. Cause up until that point, like we were saying earlier, like we just stuck to the AZOP stuff. And the longest race we had with them was, was the vulture mine race. And that was about 90 miles. Most of the time is what the Wickenburg race here in Arizona was. And, and that's one of the gnarliest races I'll say in the state of Arizona that we ever competed in. Um, but to overcome 600 and some odd miles, uh, through the Nevada desert, that was probably one of my most memorable, memorable races to, to the state. Because you did it all yourself. Yeah. You know, winning that first Vegas Torino was pretty cool though too, wasn't it? Oh yeah, definitely was. Definitely was. The team, I mean, in the, in the, in the pro class. Oh yeah. That's yeah. That. It, it, that was a whole different ball game there too. Like jumping into the, onto the pro quad side of it. And I think the first year we raced, we were starting behind all the bikes and then they finally, and they, then they would start the pro quads. And then I think the second year is when they started starting us behind the pro bikes, which was a little bit easier because it was just, that many less bikes we had to surpass throughout the day. That's passing those motorcycles sure is a pain in the neck, isn't it? Yeah, it is sometimes. Cause there's a lot of times those bike guys will look back and they're like, Oh, this is a quad guy. And then they just want to decide to try to outrun you after we'd already chased them down. And then those little bikes kind of throw some big rocks too. So. Oh yeah. That, that's the one thing I miss about Casey folks. He always used to tell them guys, Hey, if they've caught you, just get out of the way. Just right. I mean, come on. They're already faster than you. They're going to go by. Just get out of the way. Yeah. Right. But even they would tell them that in the riders meeting. And then you got the guys that were just kind of hard headed and, and the ego gets deflated a little bit. And they're like, no, nope, I cannot run this guy. And then just try it for a little while. And we end up getting around him anyways. So. Yeah. I, I've been very blessed in my life. I've got to race uh, Vegas Torino and, and best in the desert for a couple of seasons. And, and I understand when you pass one of those motorcycle guys, you do have to do it with definite authority and go by because if oh, you yeah, definitely. put by or just move by real easy, they'll try to come back and all they do is slow you down and make your, make your race a, a negative for a while because you have to fiddle with them instead of moving on down the trail. Yeah, that was definitely one of the funnest things about about Ironman in it because when I Ironman did, I was the second to last quad or bike off the start line that day and passed quite a few people the first day and then passed about 10 or 15 more the second day, which was, was a really cool accomplishment considering most of them were, were bike guys. So, Well, yeah, I mean, you had no idea where you were basically uh, in that in that whole group of people 
and you did great. You, you had an outstanding yeah. was, it was kind of a, a busy day for myself because I ended up running and getting your brother's machine because he had crashed. And then I had right. my brother, brother, because your dad took you and, and, and leapfrogged with you to the pits. And I stayed back and waited for your little brother. And, uh, he was, uh, he was having a good time. Yeah. He, he got to enjoy the trophy truck side of everything. And, and there was two things I was afraid of during that race. And it was either I was going to get abducted by aliens or the trophy <laughs> truck guys were going to catch me. So I had my goal set that neither of those things were going to happen while I was out in that desert that day. So hey, dude, you're getting ready to go race Vegas to Reno again. The aliens are still there. Oh yeah. They're still there. They're, and they're about to be known. <laughs> hey, dude, and if, and if they know you're scared, they're going to come get you. Well, they're going to have to work for that one. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to wick it up a little when you go through that section, huh? Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> so how's the, uh, how's this year going for you guys? I know you've only raced twice and you've won them both, but any struggles, any, any turbulent turbulence? Uh, not so far on, on the best in the desert side. Um, we've, we've actually been, being pretty diligent on, on the prep. Cause we did change up the program a little bit on that side. Um, so the prep has been pretty good on the quad. And then we've just been kind of buckling down and, and trying to keep our points lead at this point in time, which we've been able to, to do so far. Uh, you're one and one, right? Yes. Awesome. How's the works? How's the works classes going for you? So the works is, that's a whole different story there. Um, in open A, I think I'm sitting fifth in points in open A. And then on the pro-am side, um, Kenny Stanford is in first. And then I am second in points. And then Cody Sanford and me are about one point uh, behind the, or I'm one point ahead of Cody or Kent. Yeah. Cody for second place in, in the pro-am side of it right now. So you're not doing too bad there either. Not doing too bad there. Um, I've just, it's panned out in my, in my favor. A lot of times I've been able to just finish races pretty consistently, um, in between fourth and third place with, with works right now in the pro-am side. And it kind of panned out for me points wise. That's good. Hi, this is Stephanie from JSR Moto Designs. JSR Moto Designs specializes in replacement Nerf bar nets for all makes and models that can be fully customizable to your needs. Our custom apparel can be specifically designed for your race team. We can help make what you wear personal on and off the track, including embroidered or printed hoodies, jackets, t-shirts, hats, jersey lettering, butt patches, and more. Check us out at jsrmotodesigns.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Have you liked the, the courses? Have you raced anything new? I know um, they're supposed to race some different races this year, and I don't know. I haven't followed every race, so I'm not sure what you where, right. where you have. I know you've been to Havasu and Mesquite, I believe. Yeah, we did Havasu, Mesquite, Prim. Um, I'm trying to think what other race we've done, because I think we've done four with work so far. Um, I can't think of the other one. We haven't raced any new races yet. They were going to, when they canceled this last Havasu race, we were supposed to go to Wickenburg, Arizona to this place called Flying E Ranch. And then uh, Wickenburg City canceled that one just due to the COVID and stuff like that. 
Um, so then I think the next new one we'll be going to will be in Blythe with Works. And we did race there with with AZOP. So I think it'll be relatively about the same with, with the Shorty Sports Park down there in Blythe. So that's a pretty nice facility. I liked it. Yeah, it, it was I had some bad luck there, but but course wise I, I definitely like the course at, at Blythe. Yeah, it looked like a good facility. I didn't uh, yeah. you know I I didn't stay for the race, but I, I was there, you know, before and was helping you guys out with some stuff. But yeah, it it, it looked like a pretty good place. Yeah, it was it was definitely pretty nice for them getting ready to revamp it and kind of get it back on the map with the racing and stuff like that. So well, that's, I'm glad that things are going well for you and that you're having a good year and, and that you're working, you know, because I hadn't, I didn't know that, uh, I didn't know if you and, um, your wife had gotten through that because I know that both of your jobs relied on the tourist industry and with that not being there, that kind of made it a little tough. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely changed page quite a bit when, when all this COVID stuff, just with us being so close to the Navajo reservation. And then, like you said, my wife's work is all tourism based and everything they do um, is based off the Navajo reservation. So they've been shut down and, and we really don't have a for sure date on, on when they start back up. And then of course the restaurant was tourist based too, because without tourists and there's nobody in town to, to fill restaurants and stuff like that. So, so is the restaurant on hold or is it going to come back? Do you think? Yeah, it's on hold at the moment. Um, just due to, to financial reasons, really just cause with nobody here, it's kind of hard to run a restaurant and then, and keep the doors open and keep the employees paid at the moment. So I get that part. You know, I, I ask more questions because a lot of the people that I, everybody that I talk to on and bring on the show, I want to know how it affects you. And, and it's relative when this show airs. Hi Brody. How are you young man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. He doesn't remember who I am. No, he does. We were talking about it earlier while we were towing the boat and then he's like, Oh, Leonard. And I was like, yeah, we got a, a zoom meeting with him later on. So. That's awesome. He's getting big. Yeah, he is. And he's honorary as can be. Well, look at his, look who his dad and mom are. Yeah. That might have a little bit to do with it. You know, <laughs> come on. <now. laughs> I've spent time with both of you and, and together. And it's just like, wow. Oof. Yeah. Your hands full. Oh yeah what uh what other racing do you think that you're going to to shoot for you're gonna you're gonna try to do anything else besides work and best in the works and best in the desert um if i could ever figure out the whole jumping thing i would like to go check out some of that quad cross stuff that they got going on up there in washington and oregon and stuff like that that stuff looks looks like it's pretty fun as long as as you're willing to hit some jumps and, and that stuff looks like it would be pretty fun. Well, uh, the best advice I can give you is you just got to go do it. Right. You know, you can't, you can't hold yourself back. The best way to learn is to just throw yourself out there and you're going to watch, you're going to follow, you're going to, you're going to teach because you're going to see the guy in front of you, clear it. And you're going the same speed. There's your, there's your leash. You know, you're, you're just right. that guy. 
I'd try to find a faster guy to follow in practice rather than somebody in your class or, or a slower guy. You know, if you could, if you can get up there and, and get behind Bo, cause he, he, he can throw it out there, you know? Oh yeah, he can. But I see him for like two seconds and then I blink and then he's gone again. So, well, before you go out on the practice track, you, you go in there and you talk to him for a minute and uh, I'm sure that he would, would give you some pointers. He's a pretty good dude. Yeah, he is. He invited me out to, out to his place um, here quite a few months ago. I just, at that point in time, I wasn't able to, to make it out there. And then Harlan was trying to get me to go out there all at the same time so that we could do some pictures and stuff like that. But financially, wise, I just wasn't able to make it out at that point in time. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Makes it rough sometimes, you know, with all the things that are going on. You know, I'm sure that I'm sure that the impact felt is different than in some areas because some areas haven't been affected at all. Oh yeah, by all means. Like where we live, it's non. Other than some of the grocery stores being an issue, it's not an issue. All the businesses yeah. by us are running wide open and haven't even slowed down. I mean, those right. to me, they haven't slowed down. I know that we're busier than we can handle. We got busier. Yeah. Yeah, a few months ago, they finally opened the Lake Powell back up, and, and it actually brought in quite a few people because, like, there was speculation of schools opening back up. So, like, all these families from Utah, Nevada, and California were like, well, Lake Powell's open back up, so we might as well get out there. And, and a lot of them have houseboats and stuff like that out on, on Powell, so they were getting in their last-minute trips before before the schools or whatever open back up if they actually open back up. So that did bring, bring a good influx of people into the town. But then with the CDC guidelines, it was still hard to, to operate a restaurant with the style of food that we had and, and still be able to keep everything opened up at that time. Yeah. And then your, your half, your customer base can't come in the restaurant because you have to social distance everybody. So you, so you're limited, you're almost limited on how much money you can make, but it still costs the same to run. Oh yeah, by all means. Yeah, it's just not fair. Um, what about your future plans? How long do you think that you're going to ride? Um, I would like to say till I'm old and gray, but it's a little bit rough on the body. But I definitely plan on on riding for at least another ten or fifteen years on the on the racing side of it. By all means, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, not many guys commit to that. Right. And, and that my biggest reason is, is I got a little man that, that I want to kind of expose to it and, and kind of get him into the racing world too. And, and that'll be about, about the time he is about 19 and then I can kind of step away from it maybe and then let him just take over everything and just kind of be the chase crew like my dad is these days. That's, you know, cause sometimes I think your dad wants to get out there and race with you guys because he gets, he gets just as excited as you do probably more so because he doesn't have an outlet. He doesn't get to go. Oh there. yeah. You know, he just gets to sit in the truck, you know? That's yeah. Right. He gets to see all the paved roads and we get to go see all the nice scenery and all the cool dirt roads. So, yeah, well, I've spent some time in the truck with him. So I, I, I understand how, how excited he gets, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's pretty awesome that you guys as a, as a family get to go do that and get to experience it because I think it's brought you guys closer together. Oh yeah, it definitely has. Um, I, I really definitely think it was a good outlet to, to get, especially on the work side, get all of our family together. Cause then we get me and my family and then my brother, his kids, and then 
of course my dad and then all my step siblings all go into the works races and and we got a little bit of an army every time we travel to a works race and it's, it's really cool to be able to get away for those weekends and just have everybody together for that whole weekend i've got to i've I've got to experience a little bit of it and i think it's i think it's pretty awesome and you guys got a good group there and uh, i really appreciated the time i got to spend you know oh i definitely appreciated it all when you were with you there it was it was kind of a little bit less of a headache but now it's just i got to do a little bit more work and and kind of keep my wheels on and make sure everything's tight now but we we definitely enjoyed having you in the pits with us well, it was, it was my pleasure and it was a lot of fun, you know, and, and I've watched the evolution, you know, of you and your brother and, you know, with the evolution of Michael, I don't know if he still rides as much. Um, and, and, and it's, it's a lot of fun to, to, to see you guys progress and to see that you keep it going. And you're, I don't think that if you keep working as hard as you do, Unless somebody comes in with a program as good as yours, I don't think they're going to beat you in the desert. At least not for a couple of yeah, years. And I, yeah, and I give a lot of credit to, to you guys on, on that part of it, to be quite honest. Like, um, if, it, if it wasn't for you there, kind of keeping my, my mental state good and, and not letting me beat up too much on myself on, on the racing side of it, I don't, I don't know if I would have progressed as fast as I did, especially on the work side, that's for sure. Well, yeah, because it's, it, you know, you can only do what you can do. I am still disappointed that you won't train, but you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't do everything for you. Right. Uh, but you know, it, it is a mental game and you have to stay focused and sometimes you do beat yourself up. So does your brother. I mean, sometimes, you know, you, you sit and talk to Andrew and you sit and talk to you and I learn some of the things about your mechanics, how you work inside. And it's easy to direct you back into a positive motion because, you know, if things don't go right or you didn't jump that jump or you, or you maybe have crashed, it's easier to talk you away from the cliff than it is to just let you flounder on your own, you know? Oh yeah, by all means. You know, and I, I really enjoy that part. I enjoy the teaching part. Um, I really do. It, it's, it's nice to see the young men that I've got to work with excel the way you have and the way your brother has, and, you know, and I, and I worked with Mike Sloan, I've worked with Josh Rowe and I've worked with many, many, many other guys and, and they have all, ex, they all excel. And I really, uh, to me, I really appreciate that. I may not be the guy turning the wrenches on your machine, but every time you win a race or every time you do well, there's a little bit of me there. Oh yeah, for sure. That is, that is for sure. Like every race I'm at, I'm like, Oh, I wonder what Leonard's doing. Because like that's, that's been a big part of the racing for quite a while was, was having you there and, and, and it made my life a lot easier and kind of kept me less stressed out too. Cause I really wouldn't talk to anybody else, but I would talk to you. So, so it made it a little bit less stressful. That was for sure. Well, I appreciated all you did for me while you were riding. And nowadays when you're racing or when there's a works race, um, I'm usually, um, knee deep, elbows deep in a project so that I don't think about the race. Right. You know, I, I, I schedule things on purpose that are stressful or hard that on that day 
or the, for those couple three days leading up so that I don't have to think about it and I don't have to know that I'm missing the, the sport that I love, you know, cause I, because I, I say this uh, almost every show that I take, I'm a huge fan. I love right. racing. I love watching the, the races as much as I love working on the machines and it's hard not to be there. I mean, this year has been tough on me not being there and, and, uh, the family has some things that it needs and uh, we don't know when that's, that, that's going to change and, and we'll see how it all goes. Yeah, definitely. I, I know I definitely miss, miss seeing you, you there. That's, that's for sure. Um, I appreciate that. And I hope that you will remember me and uh, come back on the show at, at a later date. Uh, because I'm sure as your career grows on, we'll have more stories and more things to talk about. We kind of got caught up in the COVID thing and how that was affecting your life. And I don't even, I don't even know if the fans realize that you're a two-time best in the desert pro quad champion. And you've won an AZOP title. I said it earlier. Um, your brother was the writer of record the first year on the, on the quad and as a good dad, your dad put you in the seat to be writer of record the second year. And then the best in the desert says that you have to keep, you have to maintain that spot to keep the number one in which I don't disagree with them, but it, it is what it is. And make sure you keep that team together because your guys are a good group. And, uh, uh you know, I'm going to get your brother on the show to, to, to talk to him and, um, hopefully he'll, uh, it'll be a little calm that day. Yeah. That's today might not have been the best day just due to the boat issues, but, <laughs> but other than that, I, I think he would do pretty good. Um, and my biggest goal is to keep our team together. Um, I know there's speculation of some other riders that want to kind of jump into the, to the best in the desert series. And, and I hope we're able to keep, keep our team together. Cause I think we're a, a force to be reckoned with on, on the best in the desert side of it. So I do too. And I think if you keep the platform you have and keep working on gains and, and you'll, you do well. And maybe if you trained a little, you know, at least ride for five minutes before you go to the race, you know, right. that might help a little, just a little, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Aaron, it's getting late for you. And I know you probably got to go to work tomorrow. And I really appreciate you taking time to come to ATV talk and, and sit down with us and, and be on the show. That means the world to me. And, uh, I just want to make sure that you, uh, always know that you can contact us anytime or contact me anytime. And I'm always here. Sounds good. And, and I feel honored that you let me have the chance to be on here as well. Well, there, there's a lot of people that need, an outlet and need to know that if they're suffering with, with something in their life, that there is a way out and you can, you can climb out of that darkness that you're in and make a life for yourself. Even when you think that the walls are closing in on you. And, and I think that you're in, uh, um, I'm losing the word, but I admire how far you've come and the, 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 the distance that you've traveled in your life to be clean and to be the racer that you are, the husband that you are, the, the man that you are going to work and, and, and the steady life that you had to make for your family. 
you know, I know your wife has had some struggles as well and you both guys are doing great. Yeah. We, we both definitely came a long ways from, from where we were seven or eight years ago. And, and it's been awesome. And, and I love being able to share that story. So is I would rather be somebody uh, give a story for somebody's hope rather than just sit there and watch them suffer and, and not kind of shed a light on anything like that for them. So, well, I'm sure that there may be people that will reach out to you in their time of need because that you've traveled that road and, and they may need to ask, Hey, how do I get out of this? Where do I go? What do I do? And I hope that I hope you're there for them and always be there for your fans, you know, because there's people out there that watch you and, and watch your team and, and are, are fans and they're from a distance. Most of them, most people you'll never meet or see. And hopefully that some of the people will reach out because of this and, and uh, tell their story and, uh, and, and reach out to you and, you know, so that you guys can uh, help walk that path together. Oh yeah. And I'd be more than willing to help anybody out that was struggling in that same life form any day. Well, we appreciate that. And, and thank you very much again. I know that we kind of get a little sappy here at the end of the show, but uh, I, yeah. I'm just honored. And I think it's a big, I think it's a big deal. And I think it's a great cause for everyone to reach out and to help anybody in need. And, um, uh, you know, I, I don't have a lot of, a lot of resources other than my two hands. And when somebody needs something, when I'm at the races, I always feel obligated to help them no matter who they are, or what flag they wear. I want to help. And I just want to, I want you guys to go right and have a good time. And uh, I really enjoy it. I really enjoyed talking to you today. And um, if you do me a favor, give a hug and a kiss to the wife and the, the little guy there. And um, definitely will. We'll definitely be talking to you later. Alrighty, sounds good. Say hi to the rest of the family as well. Will do. Thank you very much, Aaron. You have a great night. Yep. Thank you, and you have a good night too. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. All right. All right, bye. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.